Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto Jesus, everybody. Praise God. God bless you as you make your way back to your seat. So thankful for what I feel in this room here tonight. And I believe wholeheartedly, as Brother Cornejo has already said so well, that when Jesus shows up, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Amen. I want to go to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 10. And verse number 38, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, while you're turning, I just want to take a brief moment to say how thankful I am to be here, give honor to this host church, Pastor Gleason, and all of the other speakers, God bless them. So thankful for apostolic ministry, give honor to my pastor, he's not here tonight, but I stand behind this pulpit, a product of a man that saw something in me when I didn't see anything in myself. Product of a broken home, the epitome of dysfunction. But God placed a man in my life that took me in and raised me as his own. Taught me how to shave, taught me how to tie a tie, taught me how to change a tire, Taught me how to open a bank account. Taught me how to be a man. And I honor my pastor here today. You need a pastor in your life. I'm not talking about a group of men that when one tells you what you don't want to hear, you go to another one until he tells you what you do want to hear. talking about you need somebody in your life that can put their finger in your face and tell you no. Well, is anybody thankful for a pastor in your life? Amen. I feel angels in this house right now. Would you just entertain what we feel? Lift your voice and let's just take a moment right here. Nothing's more important than the flow of the Holy Ghost. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I love him so much. I love Jesus so much. He really is my best friend. And I'm working every day to become his. 
I want to know him. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus said that Martha was cumbered about with much serving. That word cumbered there literally means distracted. Distracted. And it is amazing to me that when she was distracted by things she had no business being distracted by, she was troubled. She lost her peace. The Holy Ghost wants to help somebody get their peace back in this house tonight. But you've been distracted by things you don't have any business being distracted by. But the Holy Ghost is going to help us before we get finished here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about the disruption of distraction. The disruption of distraction. I want you to lay your Bibles down, lift your hands, and I want you to lift your voice and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, those angels that you've just sent into this room, we feel them, we recognize them. And I'm asking you right now, God, to let them carry out your will and their assignment that you have sent them here to carry out. Before we get finished here tonight, God, loose miracles, signs, and wonders. And I pray that every door that has been opened to distractions and entertainment, that we have no business being distracted by, I pray that door would be closed and you would restore peace back into the heart and the mind of every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. And everybody say in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands unto the Lord all over this house? Keep that bass in these monitors if you don't mind. Come on, let's clap our hands all over the house. Now I want you to mix your voice with that and let God know you're expecting something from him here tonight. Bass. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much for standing. If you promise to help me preach, you can be seated here tonight. Moses 
was in the wilderness when he was distracted by a bush that was burning but wasn't consumed. When Moses saw this, he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And when God saw that Moses could be distracted by the divine, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and began to share things with him that he had never shared with anybody else before. We need to understand that Moses did not have dialogue with God until he could become distracted by God. The flock did not distract Moses from the flames, but the flames distracted Moses from the flock. I don't want everyday life to distract me from God, but I want God to distract me from everyday life. And now more than ever, we've got to have young people. We've got to have ministers. We've got to have hyphen age students in this hour that step outside of the flesh and live with a sensitivity to what the eye cannot see, to what the ear cannot hear, and the nose cannot smell, and the mouth cannot taste, and the hands cannot feel. You heard me say it last night, but it bears repeating the natural world is not the real world it is the created world but the real world is the spirit realm because it preceded time and it preceded creation and I am not as concerned with what's happening in this world as I am with what's happening in that world and over the last year and a half, we've been so distracted by so many things happening in this created world that many have lost touch with what's happening in the spirit world. And because of this, we've stepped out of our prophetic role as the body of Christ because the prophetic does not react. The prophetic is proactive. The prophetic always looks ahead and prepares for what is to come come down the road but instead we've been reacting to a virus and we've been reacting to racial tension and we've been reacting to riots and we were reacting to an election and now we're reacting to vaccines but can I remind you here today God did not create us to be reactive he created us to be proactive and regardless of the different opinions you might have about all of these things, make no mistake about it, they all have one thing in common. At the end of the day, they are all distractions that the enemy is using to pull our attention away from end time harvest and revival. And John went forth in the spirit and power of Elijah to pave the way for the first coming of Jesus Christ. And this generation will also go forth in the spirit and power of Elijah to pave the way for the second coming of Jesus Christ. But John was not being reactive with something that already happened. He was being proactive with something that was 
was about to happen. And it is now time for this generation to transition from being reactive with all of the distractions of the last year and a half to being proactive about end time harvest and revival. Can I remind you, we are no doubt living in the greatest hour that the church has ever seen. You and I are the end time generation and there are voices God is raising up in this hour that will usher in the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. But just as God has his messengers, you have to understand how hell works. Satan also has his messengers because Satan is a copycat. He is a fallen angel and he has adopted his methods from the God that created him. That's why hell itself is mostly reactive because hell knows what God has set in motion to take place in the kingdom even before you and I do. So it reacts to what God sets in motion in the spirit realm and hell will use every pulpit it possibly can to indoctrinate the world with its message. The enemy has an audience with nearly every person in this room because homes are filled with televisions and hands are filled with cell phones. Netflix is rampant with pedophilia and social media is clouding the minds of a generation and during Pride Month Nickelodeon introduced a song in daytime television that was being sung by a drag queen that was pushing the homosexual agenda and Disney Channel has introduced their first transgender character and their first bisexual character on an animated film but we write it off as harmless entertainment because it's Disney and it's animated but somebody in this generation better stand up and say the devil is a liar. And I noticed something whenever we were able to gather back together after the lockdown, whenever we were able to come back into the house of God. I noticed traveling across our movement and preaching across different churches in different states uh, that it was difficult for the young people to plug into the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I said, God, what is going on? What is happening? And the Lord spoke to me and said, they are sick of the palsy. Whenever you read your Bible, there was a man who was sick of the palsy that had to be carried by four other people into the house where Jesus was. When you study palsy, you'll find out that it literally means a relaxing of the nerves on one side of the body. So the side of his body that could get him into the presence of Jesus was relaxed. So he had to depend on somebody else just to get him into the presence of God and worldly entertainment has caused a generation to become sick of the palsy. One side of you is relaxed to the things of God while the other side of you is enhanced to the things of the world. That's why you can watch a three-hour movie but you struggle to pray for even 30 minutes and because you're desensitized to everything that hell has preached into your spirit, you gotta depend on somebody else to get you into the presence of God. There's some of you in this room right now, you don't feel a 
thing. You've got to depend on the preacher. You've got to depend on the musicians. You've got to depend on the person you're sitting next to to get you into the presence of God. But can I tell you, it's nobody's job but your own to get you into the presence of God. I wonder what would happen if this generation would silence the voices of Hollywood and celebrities and worldly entertainment and learn how to get into the flow by yourself. I'll tell you what would happen. You'd leave passing the mantle and you'd turn your church, your school, your city upside down. You ought to shout in this house right now and say, I'm going home to get in the flow. And I was preaching in revival in Texas over the summer of last year. The bishop of that church had to go out of town and preach elsewhere. And he made it back for Sunday. And I walked into his office and he was sitting at his desk. And I said, Bishop, how did your meeting go? And he said, well, we had great church services, but I was awakened in the middle of the night by a spirit that was standing at the foot of my bed. And he said, I looked at that spirit and I said, who are you? And he said, that spirit spoke back to me and said, I am the spirit of distraction. He said, I looked at that spirit and said, you can't destroy these people. He said, that spirit responded and said, I don't have to. They'll destroy themselves. And the recurring problem in the book of Hosea was God's people were distracted with an image that they had created. God was fighting for their attention. But when a generation would not stop being consumed with their image, God spoke through the prophet and said, they have destroyed themselves. Can I tell you that the devil does not have to fight us when we're destroying ourselves by being distracted with image. And when Israel was about to step into their promise, God spoke to them in Numbers 33 and 52. And he said, before you can go into the promised land, there's something you've got to do. He said, you've got to destroy the images and the pictures, and then you can possess the land. And if there is anything this social media generation fights, it is images and pictures. Israel's obsession with image became so great that eventually Hosea stopped referring to Bethel as Bethel and started referring to Bethel as Bethaven. Bethel means the house of God, but Bethaven means the house of vanity. So because they were consumed with an image, the house of God became the house of vanity. Can I tell you the house of God becomes the house of vanity when you can't even shout in the aisles or dance in the altar or lay on your face and get sweaty in the presence of God because you got to keep your outfit cute and you got to keep your hair just right so you can take a picture for Instagram after church. You ought to shout in this house right now and say the devil is a liar. If we're ever going to see the revival that God wants us to see, we got to get delivered from the bondage of images and pictures. 
I wish somebody in this house would shout like you're not going to take a picture of it. You ought to dance like it's not going on social media. This is not the house of vanity. This is the house of God. Take 10 seconds and give God a praise. And the first thing the enemy did in the garden was attack God's image. And ever since, the enemy has been trying to pervert the image of God. But the enemy knows it's no match for God. So hell doesn't even try to attack God. So what does it do? It just attacks his image. And during the Iraqi war, U.S. soldiers and Iraqi people gathered in the public square where the statue of Saddam Hussein stood. And they destroyed the image of their dictator leader. They wanted Saddam Hussein but they settled up for his image. The people realized if they could not destroy him, then they could destroy the image that represents him. That's why you're such a target in this hour, young people, especially you young ladies that live holy and you dress modestly because the enemy will use every avenue it can to get you to pervert the image of the God that you were created in. But can I tell you, it is easier to live up to God's standard than it is the world standard because you don't have to be fake to live up to God's standard. You don't have to nip it and tuck it and paint it and trim it and highlight it and wear it too tight or too short to be beautiful in the image of God. You're the apple of his eye and I loose you from trying to live up to an image that you saw in Hollywood or social media. You weren't created to look like them. You were created to look like him. I wish a young lady would shout about holiness. Can I still preach holiness in this generation? You're apostolic. You're godly. I wish you'd shout right now if you're glad to be different. But can I tell you, it's not just about the image that we're distracted by, that we try to become. It's also about the image we're distracted by in our entertainment. That's why prophets are such a target in this hour. Because the ministry of the prophet makes the body more like the image of God. And this generation is the most prophetic generation to ever live. Brother T.W. Barnes prophesied before he died that God would raise up prophets in the end time that would literally be able to control the weather to distract the spirit of Antichrist from coming against the church. I believe that some of those prophets are in this room here tonight. (laughs) 
Jesus was the image of God and was mistaken for Elijah and Jeremiah and John the Baptist. So there was something about these prophets that was associated with the image of God. And when Herodias' daughter danced before the king to entertain them, the price of entertainment was the head of John the Baptist. You hear me in this house? The price of entertainment will be the death of the prophetic voice in the apostolic church. I'm here to tell this generation, if you want to hear the voice of God, you better learn to silence the voices of this world. You don't need to hear the voice of Billie Eilish or Little Nas X or Lady Gaga. That's demonic and they are devil worshipers. You better shut your spirit off to all of that garbage. Come on, I'm coming after some stuff here tonight. It's more than just a song. It's a spirit. It's more than a movie. It's a message from hell. My God. Hey, young person, you're wondering why you can't even sleep at night. You're wondering why your peace has left you. My question is, uh, what have you opened the door to through that television uh, that's been entering into your home uh, and it's keeping you awake at night? No wonder we've got young people hopping in the back seat together and committing fornication uh, when we allow shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It's a bunch of garbage uh, about a bunch of people hooking up uh, and they don't even know each other's names. Uh, The devil is alive. This generation has got to take a stand. We got to silence those voices. You ought to fight for the voice of God right now. If you want to hear God's voice, you got to silence Hollywood. You got to silence social media. You got to. Let's lift our hands and let's pray all over this house right now. You say, well, Brother Herring, why are you being so bold here tonight? I'll tell you why I'm being so bold. It's because when you ride on our kids' school buses and you sit at their lunch tables, you hear a lot more garbage than this. We need a generation that will take the fetters off the pulpit and go home and let your pastor know, Pastor, we want you to preach it harder and stronger than you've ever preached it. This generation better make up its mind. You hear me in this house, young person? Let me talk to the young preachers right here. I feel a boldness on me here tonight. You want to know why hell doesn't have a fettered pulpit? Because hell's not worried about offending its own. I said hell does not have fettered pulpits because hell's not worried about offending its own. But we got fettered pulpits in Pentecost and a bunch of puppets that don't want to be true prophets and say whatever will get them invited back instead of saying what God says to say. Hey, young preacher, your job ain't to get invited back. Your job is to be God's man. 
Are there any young preachers here tonight that'll say, I'm not a puppet, I'm a prophet, I'm a man of God. Stop worrying about your next invitation and preach it, preach it, preach it. Are there any holiness people that still believe what I'm saying here tonight? Hey, young preacher, you better be God's man because if you ain't God's man, you'll be somebody else's man. I'm tired of preaching to a generation that can tell me who gets the last rose on The Bachelor, but can't even tell me why they don't cut their hair. Oh, you see, Adam and Eve, they were distracted by an image. They had the image of God, and they were supposed to protect that image but they didn't protect that image because of what they were distracted by. And all of a sudden, the image of God becomes perverted. So let me help you, young ladies, on why you keep the scissors out of your hair. Because when they perverted the image of God and lost the glory, God said, from now on, I gotta cover my glory. So what did he do? He took cherubims and put them outside the Garden Eden. And above upon the mercy seat, there were cherubims that guarded the glory and Lucifer before he fell. The Bible said he was the cherub that covered do you know what a cherubim is? It literally means a defender of the glory of God. So when Paul says that uncut hair is a covering on your head because of the angels, what he's saying is, young lady, is when you go to your place of prayer with that uncut hair, you're releasing angels into the atmosphere. There's some of you young ladies, you're going home to fight hell, but the angels are going with you. The glory is going with you. I want every lady in this house go to war right now. You gotta guard it. You gotta guard the glory. Every lady, lift your voice and fight. Lift. Come on, ladies, uh, you gotta protect your family. You gotta protect your house. Come on, ladies, we're gonna take a minute right here. I loose you, ladies. I'm not worried about my next point. Ladies, I release you right now. Lift your hands and fight. I bind the spirit of insecurity in this generation. I bind every lie of the enemy that wants to tell our young ladies they're not beautiful. You're the apple of God's eye. You're anointed. You're a defender of the glory of God. You are powerful. 
Oh, but you know what I'm noticing traveling across our movement, Brother Herring? You know what I'm noticing? I'm noticing when a service is locked up, all the guys will sit back and let the ladies do all the dancing and the shouting because they're the emotional ones. And the guys sit there with their manly pride. I'm too good for all that. Skin a deer and get blood all over you, but God forbid you dance until you sweat in the house of God. Bunch of college kids will shout for a basketball. They'll leap for a basketball, but sit on the preacher and pass in the mantle. The devil is a lie. Where are some men in this house that'll rise? you go get loose for a little bit this ain't the house of vanity this is the house of God quit worrying about your image and dance in the presence of God your peace is coming back your peace read your Bible listen Amen. Read your Bible. Because when it got time for the glory to go to the next location, God didn't call on the women to put the ark on their shoulders. He called on the men to put the ark on their shoulders and carry the weight of glory. So my question is, how can we expect the women to cover what the men won't carry? But there ought to be some young men and some young women that say when a church service is locked up and my pastor's preaching behind the pulpit, I'm not going to wait on the other gender to carry the glory or to dance in the... When men and women dance, the miraculous is manifest. Miracles are here. Give God your best praise in this house tonight. I lose you. Shout. Shout! Forget about your social media. You're not taking a picture. It's God's house. I want you out of your seat around this altar dancing right now. Get out of your seat and give God praise. give God a praise right now that makes a statement to the devil. We're not backing up on who we are. We're not perverting this image we carry. We're going to guard it. We're going to protect it. Leave the scissors out of your hair and shake the gates of hell.
You got to understand right now, let me be very clear about something. Let me be very clear about something. I don't feel that I'll ever be a pastor. So understand what I'm about to say. I'm trying to tread carefully, but the Holy Ghost is pressing me to say this. To every pastor in this house, I am begging you, don't reserve holiness preaching for a back room of just your new converts that just got the Holy Ghost. Because my concern is not the new converts that are not walking to it. My concern are the apostolics that are walking from it. We gotta have a sound from the pulpit that is louder and clearer than ever before. Why? Because hell does not have a fettered pulpit. Why don't you shout right now and let your pastor know you wanna hear this preaching. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. Pastor, don't worry about preaching holiness and your money people leaving you that you think is keeping that thing afloat. Let them go. Because when God, I know you think I'm crazy, but let them go. Because when God sees you're willing to lose people to stand for truth, that's when God steps in and says, I'll be your exceeding great reward because I own the silver and I own the gold. He'll pay the bills. Come on, I said he'll pay the bills. You ought to stand for truth like you've never stood for truth. I want you to lift your hands and let's pray right here. Let's pray, let's pray. There's warfare breaking out in this house. Listen to me for just a moment. Listen to me. If you're praying, listen to me. I'm going to give you some instruction. Here's what we're going to do. There's warfare in this house right now. Some of you are going to have to go home and silence some voices that are not of God. I can't tell you how many young people I've come across. I got off social media over a year ago. I'm off all of it. Done with it. It's ignorant. But I can't tell you how many young people I've encountered. That have told me. I'll get off social media for a little while. And I'll be happier than I've ever been. But as soon as I get back on it. I'm just depressed. Let me deal with something right here. I'm thankful for modest clothing companies. 
But young lady, just because you don't get asked to model for one of those modest clothing companies doesn't mean you're any less than somebody that does. I'm going to come after some stuff right here because I'm noticing an air among some of our young ladies. They've got all the followers and they think they're influencers uh, because they're getting asked to model for all these modest clothing companies. Uh, you need to make up your mind, young lady. What do you want to have influence for? The purse on your shoulder or the prayer closet you've got? There ought to be a young lady in this house that makes a statement right now that says, I'm not trying to be the next fashion Instagram model. I'm trying to be an intercessor. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a... Where's the next Nona Freeman at? There's some voices you gotta go home in silence. You know why I don't have a television in my home? I'm not preaching against the box, understand that. It can come through a television, it can come through your phone, it can come through a laptop. I don't have a television in my home because I want my home to feel like a prayer room, not a movie theater. And when I teach Bible studies in my living room, I want them to feel the peace of the Holy Ghost. Uh, not the same spirit they felt watching the horror movie at the movie theater. I just lost some of you and I understand that, but I'm reaching for this generation. I'm reaching for this generation. I'm reaching for you, young man. I'm reaching for you, young lady. Everybody else compared themselves to Goliath. 40 days and 40 nights, he stepped out into that valley and defied the armies of Israel. Rabbis teach that the reason he presented himself morning and evening was to distract them from quoting the Shema. Because every morning and every evening, they'd recite, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And he distracted them from devotion to God. Mm. We think a giant is a besetting sin or a generational curse we have to struggle with in private. But a giant is anything big enough to distract you from devotion to God. Hold on, hold on. Everybody else compared themselves to the distraction. Look at his coat of mail. Look at how big he is. Look at his armor. Look at his sword. Look at his shield. Well, look at who she's dating. Well, look at who they're hanging out with after the conference. Look at the conference they got to sing at. And then there's an entire generation who doesn't know who they are because they compare themselves to everybody else on social media. But watch this. David never compared himself to Goliath. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
because David refused to compare himself to somebody that wasn't even in the covenant. You hear me in this house, apostolic generation, you don't need to compare yourself to the giant of the charismatic church. They're not even in the covenant. We say, well, we fill up a stadium every two years, but they do it every Sunday. You gotta understand that is not a church. Uh, that is a crowd. Uh, Jesus ain't coming back for a crowd. Uh, he's coming back for a bride, even if it's the smaller crowd. We gotta guard what we are. Brother Gleason, we've talked about men that have walked away this week. I love this truth with everything that's in me. But I'm so tired of seeing young people enamored with elevation worship. And Bethel and all these, these mega churches that have a big crowd. Where are the Tom Barnes of our generation? Where are the James Kilgores of our generation that'll fight for the image of God with everything we've got? I'm not trying to be rude. I hope they get a revelation of what we've got, but hear me, young person. Until they get a revelation of what we've got, we are not them and they are not us. Lift their hands right here. Let's pray. I'm about to release you. There's warfare in this house right now. Angels are in this room. And so here's what I'm going to leave this generation with. There are different states that are represented here. There are different ministries that are represented here. When Adam and Eve had the glory of God before they fell in the garden, they had dominion over that domain. They were the spiritual authority of that region. And as long as you've got the image of God and you've got the glory of God, you're the one that has dominion in your city. You're the one that has authority on your college campus. You're the one that has dominion at your job and at your school, young person. And so the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said those angels that he has released into this house when this congregation, when this congregation engages in warfare here in the next few moments, he's going to release those angels from this building and he's going to send them back to your region.
and they're going to go to war against the strong man of your region. I want every person in this house on their feet right now. We're about to go to war. Are you ready? Come on, you need to silence whatever distraction it is that's robbing you of your peace and get back to the image and the glory of God. Young person, you might have to get off the social media. You might have to delete the Netflix account, but there are young prophets in this room that one day when the time is right, you're literally gonna control the elements of weather. Here we go, lift your hands and close your eyes. Those angels are about to be released in this house. They're about to be released back to your city, back to your college campus, back to your region. You don't need to patty cake right now. We're past that. We're past that. If you're gonna turn this into the house of vanity because you're worried about how you look, you need to step aside and let somebody else take your spot. You need to lose yourself in warfare. There's demonstrative warfare. Here we go, I release you. One, two, three, go, go. I lose you. Those angels are going back. They're going to your region. They're going to your campus. They're going to your city. Go, you gotta fight. You gotta fight for peace in your region. Come on, you gotta fight with everything you've got. You need to get serious about this. You gotta get serious about this. Listen to me for just a moment. Exactly what I thought would happen is what happened. We got some of you that are serious about warfare in this room. 
But then we've got some of you that are sitting back like you don't know what to do because you're worried about your image. What you're doing is you're taking the house of God and turning it into the house of vanity. So we're going to try this one more time. And we're going to pray until whatever this is you've been dealing with and fighting with back at your city is broken in the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord just came to Brother Herring and said all the junk he brought to this conference that's been uncovered, it's now been recovered by those angels that are in this house. And those angels are about to be released. They've already been released, but some of you haven't connected with the word of the Lord yet. Those angels are leaving this building and they're going to fight on your behalf in your city, in your family, at your college campus, at your job. Now when I count to three, you need to forget about how you look and go to battle. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you got to get out of your seat, get out of your seat. But there's warfare in this house. Are you ready? Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. Go after it. Go after it. You got to fight. Those angels are going back 